A fairly quiet day today. Bond auctions in the US had a little less interest than last time, but no real cause for concern. China's loan numbers show an economy still on the road to recovery. And interestingly, the Fed's bullard has been linking tapering of asset purchases to vaccine rollouts. When they reach herd immunity, they can start looking at buying less bonds. And the NAB business survey is out today and US CPI. Any growth is changes, who we're told. But you know what happens if it starts to really kick in higher? It's Tuesday. Tuesday, the 13th of April 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, 10-year Treasury yields have gained a couple of basis points on top of the rise we saw at the end of last week, although it's backed off a bit now. And so it's uh, now 1.67% for 10 years, uh, with uh, yields a tad higher across Europe and in Australia. Not much movement in the US dollar today. The pound is down there, a quarter percent, about the same for the Canadian dollar. The Aussie is also down a little, uh, below 76.2 US cents. And equities sliding off their highs from yesterday. Uh, the Dow down a quarter percent. The Nasdaq down almost half a percent. The Eurostoxx 50 and the FTSE all also down around 0.4%. And oil back up again, half percent rise in Brent, whilst gold is down 1%, silver down 2%. And it's Ray Attrell, uh, his turn on the morning call this morning, head of FX strategy at NAB in Sydney. So Monday was a bit more cautious than the end of last week, it's fair to say, for a variety of reasons. One of them, perhaps, a little less demand for three and 10-year bonds. Uh, and we get the 30-year bond uh, auction tomorrow as well. That probably push yields up a little but uh, as i said they've wound back a little since yes morning phil but uh, just looking at the uh, the tick chart of the 10-year bond and um you know it, it, it's hard to get too excited one has to say so what's been the range we went out yeah. at about 166 for 10s on friday and we've traded effectively what 164 to 168 so um you know we're only up a basis mm. point or so on where we left on Friday, and so so auctions. You know, the results seen as a little bit below par, but but really nothing to suggest that uh, overall investor appetite for continuing to uh, you know to fund Uncle Sam is, is, is still pretty pretty robust. It has to be said. Obviously, obviously alongside well, the Fed buying it? eighty billion dollars <laughs> worth of treasuries every month is um, you know providing a little bit yeah, of that's support. That's what helps, doesn't um, it? <laughs> but no, but but relatively quiet yeah. and equities, as you say, um, you know a bit on the back foot. Obviously, we had consecutive record highs, didn't we, for the S&P last week and the NASDAQ, um, you know, benefiting, I think, from the slight pullback that we've had in longer dated yields of late. Um, And I do wonder whether this is just a bit of caution in front of the the Q1 earnings season in particular, Uh, also US CPI tonight, which we'll get to, remembering that, you know, going back to the Q4 um, earnings results that we had in early, earlier in the year, you know, again, we had a decent run up in front of them, and then a lot of the earnings numbers exceeded expectations, and then stocks sold off. Uh, you know, including in the banking sector. So, you know, the banks are due from Wednesday mm. onwards. So uh, maybe there's a little bit of getting your retaliation in first. With a we bought the rumor, and now we're selling the fact before the fact. But so, uh, who knows? I, I am speculating. And how important? How important is CPI today then? Because uh, I, I noticed that uh, the, 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 obviously, you know, you know we, the, the expectation is from the Fed that we have to see sustained inflation before they do anything so even if it's high today and it will be high won't it um it's not what they call sustainable uh but consumer inflation expectations in march did rise didn't they came in at 3.2 percent they've been steadily rising since october so the the last three months have all been over three percent oh that's right and and obviously after that big upside ppi surprise that you were talking about with tampas yeah. yesterday 
I guess it's put the market on. The market is well prepared for the base effects of very low and negative readings in some cases this time last year to mean that you don't need much by way of monthly increases uh, to see the year on year rate rising. So in the case of headline CPI, you know, the view is that it will jump from 1.7 in, uh, in February to 2.5 in March, with the core reading up to 1.6 from 1.3. Obviously, if we get, you know, upside surprises on there, it, uh, I suppose, you know, it, it does superficially pay to the, play to the idea that you know, the increase is going to be bigger. Therefore, you know, just how transitory, <coughs> excuse me, will it be? Um, but again, as you were talking yesterday, um, you know, we had uh, Rich Clarida, the, the Fed vice president, saying that really it's going to be the Q4 numbers this year before we can actually say whether we're right or wrong with our view that whatever happens will be transitory. So to some extent, you know, we shouldn't be getting too excited about the next couple of months figures. But uh, but markets being markets, if the numbers come in on the strong side of expectations, they will respond. And if uh, on the other hand, we get softer numbers, they'll say, oh, you know, maybe the spike isn't going to be quite as big and we'll be a bit more confident that it will be transitory. So, um, you know, yeah. certainly there'll be um, lots to dissect in them, no doubt. Well, tonight. talking about confidence, uh, Fed's Bullard uh, was saying that uh, the economy would gain a lot of confidence if they reach 75% vaccinations. And at that point, that might be the time that they could actually start talking about tapering the bond buying rate. Now, of course, they've got a long way to go to get 75%. I mean, they're 22% now. No, interesting comments, though, because all of the Fed narrative today has all been about substantial progress, effectively, towards our aims of, of full employment, obviously, and inflation, you know, getting up above 2% as, as a precondition, really, for starting to wind things back. Um, you know, and, and the suggestion has been, you know, for many officials that, you know, that, that that is probably not going to be before the end of this year and more likely early next year. We did have Bob Kaplan um, out um, over the weekend suggesting that that debate could begin as early as, as Q3. Uh, but we haven't seen any Fed official uh, up to date until James Bullard last night linking it to, to uh, specific COVID-related news in terms of, you know, yeah. a vaccination rate and 75%, I think, is there or thereabouts in terms of, you know, when the epidemiologists are saying that we might reach some degree of herd immunity and therefore we can allow, you know, much freer, much freer mobility. So an interesting well, statistic. Nice? It is, but you know, on the other side, we've got the World Health Organization saying in the last 24 hours that we've had seven consecutive weeks of rising COVID-19 cases, despite having more than 7 million doses of vaccines administered globally. I guess that's because it's globally and we're not seeing herd immunity reached there anywhere. Right. But mm-hmm. COVID news is pretty mixed, isn't it? We've got uh, 40 million jabs in the UK. Over 32 million have had their first dose. In America, they had 4.6 million in a single day on Saturday, an average of 3.1 million each day. So they really are rolling it out. And yet uh, their daily cases are rising, not falling. And then, of course, Brazil, a disaster. 70,000 new cases each day, far worse than the first peak, 3,000 deaths each day, in part because uh, they're using this China vaccine that's been said to have only 50% efficacy after two jabs. So uh, it really is mixed news. No, absolutely it is. And uh, as I, say, I suppose that you know, one of the encouraging things is looking at the, the big EU countries now. It looks like they're, they're at about a 22% average. It does seem to be a little bit of a, an acceleration in, mm. in, in the rate of rollout there. So that is positive. But um, yeah. so the views from Brazil, I'd put India in that category as well. And, yes. um, you know, given it is the Chinese vaccine that are many of the uh, you know, less developed countries are, um, you know, are looking to roll out. And then, you know, if you have a less than 50% efficacy rate, then, you know, effectively, 
effectively you wouldn't get approval in in many parts of the world and that's the sort of number that they were talking about isn't it so um you know undoubtedly a, a bit of a setback but um not that i think it's going to impact on um, the veracity of the ongoing chinese economic recovery no. Oh, well, on that, uh, what a nice segue. It's almost like we rehearsed this, which we didn't, obviously, and to anyone listening. Uh, the, um, the China <laughs> bank loans, uh, they went up yesterday, 2.7 uh, trillion yuan in new loans in March, up from 1.4 trillion in February. So the first quarter uh, is a total of 7.7 trillion yuan, uh, which is actually more than the first quarter of last year when the pandemic was raging, which seems rather high, doesn't it? But, but is that maybe it's a sign of confidence that they are investing to get even more back on track? Well, yes, although if I look at the uh, the wider, what they call aggregate social financing, of which the new one loans are a subset, I think the total there um, is slightly below the uh, the first quarter of, uh, of last year. So a few overs and unders there. But the broad story is that, uh, you know, two or three weeks ago, the Financial Times ran a report saying that uh, in February, the uh, People's Bank of China had ordered the banks to, uh, to curtail their lending because of heightened concerns about uh, housing market overheating. And that's something we don't hear very often, is it? And, uh, um, and so the market, I think, was braced for the risk of much weaker numbers than we've actually got. So looking at these numbers in terms of annual growth terms and also looking at the M2 money supply numbers as well, that has eased back from, I think, 10.1% in February to 9.4% in March. But if you overlay that against uh, the GDP numbers, you'd have to say that there is ample credit growth and there is ample money supply growth. Um, to keep the economy, um, you know, ticking along at the desired levels, which is a minimum of of six percent uh, real growth this year, and then something higher than that in nominal terms. So, so overall, I think some of those concerns about uh, a rapid clampdown in uh, in credit growth have uh, have proved to be misplaced. And we get their trade numbers today as well, of course. Presumably, their exports are going to keep rising, and as more nations open up and start producing, presumably they <coughs> we're, we're going to see their imports start to rise as well. No, we should see both of those. And uh, but remember, on, in terms of year-on-year comparisons, we're uh, again we're, we're comparing things, aren't we, with March last year? So uh, yeah. and that, that, uh, you know, as we'll see on Friday with the GDP and the production sales numbers, the, uh, the year-on-year comparisons are going to be pretty eye-popping. So we're going to need to look through them. But, uh, but yes, the underlying message from trade should be that both export and import growth has uh, has risen further compared to February. Right. And now the good news, uh, the UK has opened its shops and its beer gardens. Uh, there was a CFO survey there that showed business leaders' optimism is at a record high. Eurozone retail sales, they were better than anticipated. Uh, confidence is rising in uh, in Canada as well, consumer confidence, even though the uh, Canadian dollar lost a bit of ground overnight. Uh, but there's uh, also an expectation the Bank of Canada might start tapering its bond buying program or at least announce its schedule soon they're meeting again next week and there's a pretty strong expectation i think that we would share that um you know they will be amongst the first of the uh, the, the g10 central banks to, to be uh, pulling back a little bit although the reserve bank of new zealand obviously has been reducing its uh, its purchases or partly you know in the context of, uh, of reduced bond supply but um but yes so we had the the, the bank of Canada's business outlook and uh, for the future sales reading i think it was up to 52 from 48 
and the Outlook 2.9 from from 1.3. So that certainly plays with the grain. Obviously, we had that blockbuster uh, labour market uh, data on Friday that you talked to Tempest about yesterday. So it does look as though um, you know all systems go for uh, for a potential tapering um, next week. And uh, on the news wires this morning, Italy is preparing a 40 billion uh, euro economic uh, stimulus package, according to sources. I mean, this is something they perhaps wouldn't have countenanced before they had uh, uh, Mr. Draghi in charge, perhaps. Uh, but today, uh, NAB's March business survey, that's out later today. The, uh, the the last one, of course, showed business conditions and, and confidence both rising in February. Um, I mean, we don't know what's in it, do we? No, Obviously. We don't. So, we can, so we're moving on. Uh, but okay, well, maybe you can comment on weekly payrolls then. They're, they're out today and wages for the period up to, up to March the 27th. Yeah, no, so we do get those for, let's um, say, it's the period of March 27th. But the read through from these sort of weekly numbers um, for both um, employment and wages have been a very poor indicator of the employment numbers that are coming out on Thursday. So almost mm. regardless of what they show, we're still going to be suggesting that uh, we should be in for a very good uh, employment number and, and just back on the NAB survey. I mean, the important thing to note is we did have big rises, big rises in both conditions and confidence, didn't we, in uh, yeah. in February. So the interest, obviously, is, is whether you know those higher levels were sustained or not. But we will see at 11.30 this morning. We will. Okay, and that's just about it. Look, the NFIB Small Business Optimism Survey is out as well uh, overnight tonight. They, they, look, that that is uh, driven very much by small business owners that are Republicans, so they will be less optimistic than they were uh, before President uh, Biden came into power. Uh, loads of UK numbers as well, industrial production. Uh, we get the monthly GDP as well, and the German Zoo Survey. Uh, all of that's coming out over the next 24 hours, but we'll leave it there for now. We, we'll talk for long enough. Good to talk, Ray. Catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. And that's how things are this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.